This episode of The Happiness Question is brought to you by Jay Schiffman. Jay Schiffman is a public speaker, coach, and host of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. He interviews people with lived experiences on the topics of mental health, substance misuse, and recovery, and drug use and policy to help end stigma and normalize difficult conversations through empathy and vulnerability. Each year, over 125,000 Americans die from overdose and suicide combined. I'm not even talking about the other causes of death related to substance misuse and mental health. Just those two. Those are our friends, our neighbors, our family members. They go to our churches, eat next to us at our favorite restaurants. They talk to us through our favorite podcasts. And these deaths are completely preventable. There are massive system changes that need to happen. But until we can have an honest conversation about these topics, these lives will continue to be lost. That's why Jay produces the Choose Your Struggle podcast. That's why he tells his story. As a guy in long-term recovery who survived two suicide attempts and an overdose, he recognizes his privilege. He's been given a second chance in a country and a world where most people don't even get their first. For him not to use it for something truly meaningful would be a waste of his second chance. That's why he gives up every day to work to end the stigma and ensure that those who need help get the help they deserve, because we're in this together. Check out his podcast, Choose Your Struggle, by listening wherever you find podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by Anchor. It's the great podcast creator and distributor that helps make the happiness question possible. They make it easy to distribute your podcast onto more than 10 platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, all without you lifting a finger. Even better, everything they offer is free. You can even get sponsorships for your podcast with no minimum listenership required, like I've got. If you're looking to start a podcast of your own, there's no better place than Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello and welcome to the happiness question. Today I have with me Sean Wellington, aka the bold and bold crisis counselor and speaker based in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. How are we doing today? Good. There's so many, so many things that I want to talk about and so little time. So tell me about yourself. How did you get to the point you're at right now? Sure. It's a long journey, so uh, we don't have an hour, but I'll give you the bullet version. I am from New York and made my way down to North Carolina several years ago. But in, in that time, I ended up living and teaching in several different countries abroad, which is, I suppose, part of the story. So that included Japan, Saudi Arabia, Argentina, Tanzania. And so I'm, I'm blessed to have done that. And I learned a lot along the way. Settled here in North Carolina and have continued my teaching and got more into crisis counseling where I've learned a ton and definitely informs what we'll talk in part about today. That's the bullet version, nothing too fancy. And I called myself bald and bold because I am bald and it's a bit of an alliteration. I like to believe I'm bold, so that's it. So why North Carolina? Chose North Carolina for two reasons. I am from New York in the suburbs, ended up living in New York City for several years. And uh, if you've been to New York, you know that it's expensive and it is very fast paced. So at some point I got a little tired and a little poor and had some family down here and it made sense. Okay. So that's what I did. So 
when you were a teacher, what were you teaching or are you teaching? Right. So I was teaching two things primarily, social studies in uh, the New York City public school system. And what I taught more than anything else is ESL, which allowed me to travel and teach English to people, both in the United States and other countries. And then I've done some training of that as well to help people figure out how to do that work, which is what I do now. Nice. Yeah. So why did you leave teaching? I still do it a little bit. But one of the reasons, and there's more than one, but one of the reasons that I left is I was having health problems. And it is a really tough job to do when you're not feeling well or regularly feeling well. So I never quit completely, but I toned it down a little bit and found some other ways to supplement. Okay, cool. I've just had a lot of teachers on the show lately. Really? Just like, they're all like ex-teachers. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> what happened? It's a big group of people out there who just, for one reason or another, right? They leave it. It's too bad. Yeah, it's scary because I'm trying to go into teaching and then everybody right. I'm talking to seems to just nah. it and I'm like, hold on. <laughs> there's probably far more that don't leave, but you just happen to be catching. Who knows? Yeah. So what got you into public speaking? Another good question. Uh, a couple years ago, so I've been, when you teach and you train and I also do some performing, you're speaking a lot in front of people. But I actually had a friend, uh, this was probably less than two years ago, and he's a professional speaker. And I didn't know anything about that world. So he was telling me about it, and I said, huh, I should probably give that a try. I think I'm decent at it. I can improve upon it. I have a message or messages that I'd like to share with people. So he helped me a little bit with coaching, both on the performatory and uh, business side. And I started. And it's a hustle, I'll tell you that. Nice. Well, it sounds like you talk a lot about conversation and your public speaking. Like yep. Conversation important. So conversation is important for some perhaps obvious reasons, right? We do it every day, some people more than others. And the reason I focus on it is in part because the mental health challenges I've had, the physical ch health challenges I've had, and a lot of conversations I've had, I've learned more and more over time that people aren't particularly good at it, at least when they matter. So for example, if I say, hey, let's grab a cup of coffee, where do you wanna go? And you're saying, let's go to Starbucks. That's not really what I'm talking about. People do that just fine. But when there's anything on the line or at stake, even if it's sort of casual, I think we kind of suck at that. I hope I can say that. Sure. <laughs> if you gotta edit that out, I, I get it. That. I don't know, how you, well, I'm curious to know how you feel about it, because uh, different people, not everyone agrees. It's kind of hard, especially if you're trying to do like texting conversations and things where you're not in front of a real person. Right. Another good point. How do you even bring up conversation? What do you talk about? Right. Yeah. So when I think about it, or the people I talk to, it's usually centered around the conversations we have in which at least one of the people is going through something. I say maybe distress some kind of pain, be it physical or otherwise, and how we can help people out, how we can support them, how we could alleviate some pain or wh whatever it might look like. And so that's why I spend a fair amount of time. Nice. What is helpful conversation? I saw that you mentioned that somewhere on your website and I wasn't quite Yeah, clear. right. So, it, so what I think about more often, and I don't know if this is the best way to frame it, is what it isn't. Uh, and as I share this, 
if you can think about your life and those people who communicate with you, I'm wondering if this ever comes up. So let me give you a few examples. One thing a lot of people do is they tend to try to fix a situation. They are problem solvers and they fix things at work and they fix things around the house. And I think they tend to default to fixing, which in and of itself isn't wrong or bad per se, but it may not be helpful at that moment. Yes. So instead of creating a space where people can talk and just get it out, which is often what they want, they go right to the fix and it tends to frustrate people. And then <laughs> the conversation gets closed and the person doesn't feel any better and it's this cycle. So that's, that's one example I think is super common that I encourage people to at least explore kind of trying not to do that. How do you suggest we don't do that? <laughs> right. That is the, right. So uh, that, that is a little bit of a longer response, but I'll try to summarize. Uh, one thing everyone can do, even though I know most people have heard it before, is simply talk less. Now, this is from the role of some, you're, you're talking to someone who's in distress, not the other way around. Talk less. Give the person a little time, a little space. Uh, silence. And I think if everybody did that, they would see some changes in the kinds of conversations they've had. And they'd see people who are in their life choose to engage with them more often because it's, uh, I don't know, I've never met anybody who had, who said to me, Sean, you are, you're not saying anything. You're so quiet. I want to talk. I want to vent. I want to get it out. I've never had that. Maybe that's some other people's experience. So that's one thing. The other stuff is perhaps a little more nuanced, but for example, clarifying what someone is saying. So even a question as fairly straightforward as like, what do you mean? Because I think we're often, things are getting lost in translation. And you, for example, might say, I'm feeling depressed. And in my mind, I think, oh my God, he got a clinical diagnosis of depression in me. He might need, it's like, dude, hang on, hang on. We're just talking here. I feel a little down. Let's get on the same, right? That's one example. If people did that, they would probably have some positive changes in those exchanges. Yeah. Longer list if you want me to share, but it's up to you. I mean, of course. I mean, that's mostly what the questions are. They're just... Yep. So yeah. Feel free to talk about wherever. Just can go however you want. Sure. I'll indulge. So I actually have this thing called the five conversation closers, which sounds perhaps like a little corny. And I shared one, which is what I think many of us deal with probably fairly often, which I said, which is like fixing, people trying to fix, 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 fix. It tends not to be helpful. I'll share a few others with you. Another one, and these are my sort of labels, is minimizing. So for example, it's really not that big of a deal. Platitudes like things will, things will get better, you'll be okay, you'll be fine, it's not that big of a deal, relax. It's all, that, so nothing wrong with that, right? But like someone's going through something, it's kind of maybe a big deal to them. Yeah, that would be put off sometimes. For sure. Right, like, so if someone's doing that to me, I'm perhaps a little less inclined to keep sharing. And that's what these are all sort of centered on is, are you opening a conversation or are you closing it, whether you realize it or not? Let's just, and assume that people are well-intentioned, right? And sort of some of these things that get lost. Let me share a couple of others with you. So we flat out deny sometimes. So we tell people how they should feel. Like Camden, you should, you should be more grateful. You should feel more grateful. And it's like in that moment, maybe you're not grateful. Or 
maybe you are grateful, but they're not recognizing that because it looks a little different than they're expecting. So, and then one more I'll share, and that is we tend to jump to conclusions. And so I, I think examples are a little easier to talk about. So you say, well, I'm not really doing, I failed my test and I'm feeling crummy. And someone says, well, that's because blah, 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 blah. That's because, and they give you reasons for your situation or why you feel that way. So those are my like, I don't want to be negative, but those are some things I encourage people to avoid as best they can. And I believe if they do that for people, and I know the name of your podcast is happiness, right? It is the happiness question because it's really just how do we be happier? Right. So if you want to support others in their happiness, I think this is one way to do it. And a beautiful, I don't know what the word is, a byproduct is often when, uh, when we can help people feel a little better, we feel better. Absolutely. So that's the, that's the main thing that I talk about. Awesome. Yeah, I actually took out a couple of my questions because you're already pulling in. So yeah, ask away. Yeah. Okay. What's the difference between hearing and listening? Yeah. Good question. So the way I define it is, I wish I had a graph for you. So obviously when we're hearing, it's one definition is like the physical sensation of words and sound vibrations, right? I'm not using it in that context. I think most people we've heard over and over again, listen, you've got to listen, listen up, listen to me, listen, listen. We like thousands of times in our life probably. And when I use the word hearing, or the way I phrase it is we're listening, but are we really hearing what the person's saying? Like really saying the subtext or the stuff behind or between the words. And it's semantics. You know, some people say something like active listening, and that might be closer to what I'm talking about. But if you don't know what the person's really saying, you're, it's hard to have a conversation. Yeah. So that's how I define that word in this context. Getting to the bottom of it. What's the bold blueprint of bolder conversations? What does that mean? The bold blueprint is another cute acronym I made just because it allows people to remember things, you know? So the, this is sort of a, a simplified formula. Well, if you do this, presumably your conversations will be better and help people more. So the B is for breathe. And I chose that word because it could have just as easily been like something like silence. But if I used an S, it would be sold and not bold. And that's a weird word. The, uh, the O refers to opening a conversation. And one way to think about that is not closing it. And to not close it means to try not to do those things I mentioned. One example being fixing. The L is, if I, if I were to ask people what they think the L means, most people would say, listen, listen, it's listening. I know it's listening. But I say learn. And the reason I say learn is I think when we're learning things, we typically are open-minded. We ask open-ended questions. We try to understand. And if you approach that in a conversation with somebody, even if you know them really well, I think that mindset will change things as opposed to listening to answer, listening to defend. So that's sort of a larger framework. And I think listening and some other things fall under that. And the last one is uh, do no harm. It's the only one where it's more than one word. And I talk about that in that even if you screw everything else up, even if you're having trouble applying any of those, don't make things worse. You may not help, but don't harm. 
that's it in a nutshell. I think if people could be aware of that and try to apply it, I think they can make a difference in other people's lives, you know? And it's good karma. Because if I do it for you, you might do it back. Exactly. Be bold. I tell people to be bold. And then I say, but let's, let's be sure that you're not hearing bald. bald. <laughs> you don't need to be bald yet or perhaps ever, right? Yeah. You also mentioned culture of compassion. Right. What is that? So a culture of compassion, I think, and this applies in my mind because I speak to students a lot, is at schools and perhaps in workplaces. And I think that happens to some degree. It's, it's really just a space where people can feel comfortable, where they don't feel like they're being excessively judged and they have the opportunity if they want to reach out and not just to counselors and therapists, which are super important, but the people in our lives. And the reason I say culture is I think, and I think it's just it's sort of common sense is the more you do it, it sort of builds on itself. And the more you do it, it sort of echoes out or ripples out into more and more people. And eventually I think, you know, I don't know where the line gets drawn where it's officially that kind of culture, but there's a famous expression, I don't know who coined it, be the change. Like, just don't talk about, just do it. And this is a good example where if you do it, it's pretty likely others will catch on to that. And uh, I think that's what the result is. Awesome. So yeah. any tips for creating one that we haven't mentioned already? The bold blueprint. Oh, no, I think, I do think, I, I don't want to repeat stuff, but yeah, I think, and this is just stuff that I talk about, what, what I talk about. I'm sure there's plenty of other ways to do it, but because I focus on how we can have more helpful conversations, that's it. But I don't think it's particularly easier on people's radar. I'm older than you and I'm not gonna get onto some anti-social media kick here, I promise. But it definitely can make things more challenging, whether they're on social media or not, constantly on their phones and multitasking. It makes it hard, you know? How can we be happier through conversation? Well, I think that the word happy is a tricky one, right? Because we may be defining that differently or different people might define that differently. So how would you define it? Yeah, I don't know exactly how to define it. It feels like it's one of those things where it's just more of a, a sense or a feeling you have. And I don't know if it's temporary or permanent. I, I think, and again, in, in this context, if you are able to express yourself, if you are able to share with people what's going on, if you are able to vent, if you are able to get it out, if you, whatever it is, right? And people are there for you. And I'm not talking about being physically violent or verbally assaulting, but in our, how we tend to communicate with people, I'm not sure if I could think of something that would create the space for happiness more than that. I welcome other ideas. I'm sure there's a ton of stuff people do. Um, that's a big one. That's a big one that sort of bleeds into all areas of your life that affects work and school and whatever else. So that's my formula, but I'm still working on it. And that's what this whole podcast is. Cause right. how do you describe happiness? I feel like it's way easier to describe something like sadness. Right. Or loss. But then if you try to describe happiness. Right. So I won't put you on the spot, but I'm certainly curious at how you are, not necessarily how do you define it, but how you're defining it right now or how that's shifting based on your interviews or other stuff i mean similar to what other people say or we all have weird answers i mean there's 
obviously parts of everything. I don't think I've disagreed with anything that anyone said. That's cool. Which is great. I think the problem with trying to describe happiness is there's more than one way. Right. And the fact that we can't describe it as simply as we can other emotions. Right. A lot harder to understand. Yeah, and I think it's easy to fall into the trap of sort of externalizing it, saying, well, happiness is, you know, meaningful work and meaningful relationships, which is usually, are usually components of people who tend to be happy. But I know people who have what they would say is meaningful work and relationships, and I don't think they would describe themselves as happy. And, you know, it's an extreme example, but there are people like the Buddha, who apparently sort of exemplifies happiness and different lifestyles. So it is tricky. I don't know. I think the one thing that I've really learned through everything is that it's just what you allow yourself to base your emotions on. It's like, if you are set on being successful or having some higher goal and you don't reach that goal, you have not achieved happiness because that is what you set for happiness. Right, right. That's a great point. That's a great point. Like what your expectations are and if you, if by not meeting them, you immediately feel like you're a failure and thus unhappy, you're, it's hard. If your goal is to have a million listeners and if you don't reach a million listeners, you feel crappy or bad, sorry, then it's hard. It's a tricky balance, right? You want to reach for things and have big dreams, but that's like a balance forever. The forever balance. So yeah. Anything you suggest for uh, things to focus on your happiness with? What do you, give me an example, what do you mean? Well, it seems that we can't depend on others for our happiness. Right. Material things, is there something that you think we should be relying on? Or that you do personally rely on? Yeah, I think again for me, and it's not necessarily the only thing, but in the context of this conversation is whenever there's an opportunity to to be there for somebody in a way that I think is helpful. I try my best, I don't always succeed, to do that. And in doing that, I assume this is the human experience, but I don't know for sure, I almost always feel better. And that is one thing I can control, right? Like there's a lot, like you said, that's out of my, out of my hands. Mm-hmm. I try not to stress too much, but I, I do. But that's one, you know, uh, when the opportunity comes up, friends, family, people in my community, whoever it is, I try. The effort is there for me. So we went over, you caught a few things that were on the site, which was, yeah, I I have a question for you if you're comfortable sort of answering as well. And I'm, you know, is, do you have any thoughts on why many people seem to either not be interested in, and this is my experience, you may not agree, or lack the skills to engage in these kinds of conversations in which someone can feel good and feel a little bit better, not necessarily good, right? And it's just in my experience, and if it is something you've experienced, do you have any thoughts on why that is? Maybe it's the fear of opening up yourself. Mm. You having to be vulnerable is not necessarily comfortable with, or just trying to reach out to people that you don't even know and right. that's not something that people are necessarily comfortable with. Sure. Or maybe just the fear that you're going to be hurting or disturbing somebody that was otherwise fine without you. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. 
I also think I want to add to that. I think we learn all sorts of important stuff, particularly like formal education that we need. And I don't recall in my experience and my niece who's uh, 17, so she's significantly younger. And I asked her about this. We don't really emphasize this at all. We don't really learn it much. So I suppose if we're from a particular kind of family or community where it's being done, you pick up on it, but I don't think most people are. So it's one of those things that gets lost and we don't learn it. So that's a component. But I don't want to whine about that because again, we can control what we can control. I'm not a public policy person. I can't make that kind of change. So, you know, I'll just try to be better when I talk to people who need a little hand. But it sounds like what we want to do is reach out. You brought up something interesting earlier, which is how people sometimes are texting and it also makes it additionally harder because mm -hmm. you're not actually talking. I think that's what you were referring to. But one of the crisis counseling things that I do is actually a text line. And it is very, very different, but it is particularly for people under 25, it's uh, quite popular. And one of the things I noticed from the data that they share with us is less than 1% of the people who are texting in in a sort of crisis, we flag for what we call imminent risk. Like we got to get some authorities out there. This person might do some self-harm. But over 99% are not reaching out for that reason. They're reaching out because they just want someone to talk to about any number of different things. And even though it's a little weird because it's texting and not talking, it seems to help in some small or perhaps not so small way. So, so in that format, how do you suggest we, you know, reach out to people? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you're proactively reaching out or when they contact you. And it is hard because in this context, I know the person who's texting in needs someone to talk to mm -hmm. or a resource, right? When it's you and your life every day, I don't know if you have that luxury unless they're really explicit about it. Yeah. So again, I would say as best you can, well, first I would try to talk to them, but if that's not available, it's not really very different from what I said earlier, my beliefs about what tends to hurt conversations or close them and that sort of list. It, the interesting thing about texting that's different than talking is there's sort of built-in silence. So if you text something to me, or I text something to you, it's a little bit like charged, and we're not right in front of each other, you can actually just wait. And that's a nice thing. So it gives the person a little breathing room. It's weird, yeah. but there's this built-in delay. And I think it's actually easier to process things than when we're on the phone. Because if we're talking one-on-one -on -one and you ask me a tough question and I'm just waiting and you're starting to feel awkward or uncomfortable, so uh, I, I'm just going to keep talking now. And I just maybe needed a little more time to process it or whatever. With texting, you don't have that. But it's hard. Open-ended questions, you know. I always talk about clarifying, like I said earlier, to ensure that you're talking about the same or at least similar things and we're not misinterpreting words. And listening to understand. I think if you approach things that you're listening to understand, more than other things, the actual words that will come out of your mouth or you text will be usually okay. I'm sure not always. <laughs> and I also show people that of course we're not robots, so there's no guarantee that if you listen to understand and do this and don't do that, that the person might not want to talk to you. We don't know, you know? 
have like the perfect, most loving human being in front of you who's kind and curious and wants the best for you and doesn't sabotage the conversation. And they might say, who knows? They might tell you to go F yourself. You don't know. So no guarantees, but I think we can improve the odds a little bit by doing some of the stuff we can. Awesome. So you're going to promise to do that? Yeah. Okay, cool. All you guys do, whoever's listening, all like five of you. <laughs> right. Yes. Spread it. <laughs> hey, you know what? As cliche as it is, if somebody really, like if somebody's listening and even there's one component, one little thing that they got that they try, that's got, that's awesome. You know? This was a really awesome conversation. Thanks, man. It was good talking to you too. How can we find more of you? You can, if you want to, wherever you're posting this, mm-hmm. probably the best place is website. So speakershawn.com. And it's, that's still a work in progress, to be honest, but it's the basics are there. And then, you know, there's ways to connect to me on social media or email through there. So awesome. that should work. Perfect. I appreciate the chance to talk about it. Yeah, thank you for all of this. Thanks for doing this, man. That sounds like a great project. Well, thanks for being a part of it. All right, ma'am. Have a good day. All right, take care. Have a good day. We'd like to thank Pray.com, our newest partner, in helping to support the Happiness Question podcast. Pray.com is the ultimate resource for those looking for prayer and inspirational resources to help strengthen their faith. The Happiness Question podcast is proud to be the newest edition to Pray.com's official podcast list. You can listen to The Happiness Question now on Pray.com for free. Check it out today.